This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 574 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday the 13th. Spooky. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what up? Nothing much. Hoping uh, that our podcast is going to get nominated for a podcast award. That would be great. Does it come out today? No. We've got a couple oh, okay. more weeks, okay. but I'm just, you know, I-, I figured I'd throw that out early in the podcast this week. Absolutely. So that way, those people who kind of like uh, tune out at the end. We'll uh, maybe go over to podcastawards.com and uh, and vote for us. And vote, and for, vote for us uh, and vote for FBFW yeah. or FWFB. You can put – And also vote for both. our uh, our friends uh, Yancey and Chris McBride in the entertainment section. They're, uh, Love it. They're, we're, we're, we're doing a Are little teaming. Are partnering with them yeah. the way mm-hmm. um, the f- final vote – I love that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So vote them in the entertainment and vote us in um, sports and then vote – Friends with fantasy benefits in People's Choice. No, vote us for uh, for us in People's Choice, uh, FWFB and sports. Pop goes your world in entertainment. Uh, and well, yeah, if you like entertainment, like pop culture stuff, go listen to their podcast because I've been on it. Uh, my wife's been on it, and it's uh, it's a really good podcast, especially if you're into movies. I'll go listen to your wife's episode. I I don't know about yours, so Danielle. Uh, yeah, we talked about um, reality TV on my episode, so probably not. I kind of do want to hear that though. I, I I watched more more than my fair share um, when when I was when I was dating um, my ex girlfriend, and so you know what? Maybe I want to hear your thoughts on that because I'm sure you've watched some. Yeah, I'm not I know, really into the Danielle dating shows, like but I love Survivor. Um, and uh, like one of my like one of my vices is I love the uh, the real world world rules challenge. Oh, okay. Um, it, it's 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 garbage TV, but I just enjoy the hell out of, of course. it. So, of course, um, and and that's fine. Like that, it's all right for it. You know, for to just watch some some garbage TV. Like, there's nothing wrong with that as far as I'm concerned. But um. Well, we're going to talk some baseball, okay? We're going to definitely do that. By the way, did uh, I'm looking at this podcast awards right now. Did was Pop Goes Your World nominated last year? Yeah, they actually got nominated. They were in the finals. Then. Yeah, they that. were in the finals of it. Uh, it was really, really good for their podcast. ESPN Fantasy Focus has won it so many times; they're no longer eligible to win it. Makes sense. So they they, they just have the category of sports named after them. Yes, the ESPN Fantasy Focus football sports category. 
Yeah. That's how you know. They have a few of them that are named probably after ones that have won so many different times. That's interesting. But anyway, podcastawards.com. Go over there. Nominate us if you see fit. Hopefully you do. We're going to talk some baseball. We're going to earn that award right now. Uh, Friday the 13th, I guess, injuries injuries abound. I don't know if that's yeah, necessarily spooky. Yeah, what the spooky, hell is but, going uh, on here? Man, it's some big names, too. James Paxton, and I know you know it's probably not too surprising for those that have him because this literally happens every year. He's been hurt uh, every year in the majors. He's had an injury. Um, James Paxton has. This is the back that started barking. He came out early after a really rough go. So with the lower back stiffness, I, I, I don't know that he wouldn't have just gone on the DL no matter what, but I do know that with the all-star break so close, it was a no-brainer. So if there was any decision-making, if it's a you know May 15th sort of injury, uh, that gets wiped out when it's a July 12th injury because you have the break there. So they do say that James Paxson is slated to come back the 24th. Uh, and, and, and kind of be ready to go there. So it's ba- barely like missing anything at that point. I guess if you're going to have to silver lining an injury that it does come around here is, is for the best. Uh, he's been fantastic this year. Uh, that, that start did push his ERA up to 370, but he's been, he's been really good. Um, actually, a few wobbly starts in April uh, have the ERA probably a little bit higher than than maybe the skills suggest it should be for Paxton from May first on a 3.18 ERA and 111 strikeouts in 88 innings, but just just count it all. Uh, no reason not to. 3.70, 1.09 WHIP, 11.7 strikeouts. He's been fantastic, but again, the injury bug. Justin, um, do you see this as a short term thing or do you have concerns because it's a back? I think it, it sounds like it's a short term thing, and the team is playing it down, but you're always worried with a guy like Paxton with his injury history. I mean, at least it's not an arm issue. Like, if it was an arm issue, I'd be freaking out. Sure. Lower back stiffness, I'm I'm a little nervous, but I, I'm not, I'm not like, going to sell him for cheaper than what he's worth. Exactly. I'm not going to I'm not gonna run out at this point and say, I'm running away from this. I'm going to just play it out with James Paxton. It doesn't look like it's going to be a crazy injury. So it's annoying, it's frustrating, it, and a, a back can linger, but I think it's going to be all right. Uh, let's move on to Raphael Devers. He's out with a shoulder injury. He was cleared of structural damage, so that's at least positive. Uh, but there's, there's shoulder inflammation. It's looking like it's going to keep him out till at least the end of the month. That's what the, the current reports are saying, the current timetables. We generally like to throw a little extra time on a timetable just to be uh, smart about it because that, that's often what happens. You know, Devers 21 years old, and there were some expectations – bestowed upon him put put upon him this year after a nice 58 game sample last year but he really hasn't been that good um 241 292 424 14 homers five stolen bases I, you know if you kind of play it out you're probably looking at something in the mid-20s with uh with nine to nine to 12 steals kind of depending on how much he would run in the second half obviously this injury uh you know is going to hurt those those paces of course and perhaps impact Devers when he comes back. How are you feeling about Devers' uh, first full season here, especially now with some shoulder inflammation that's going to have him out for a few weeks? I mean, it's disappointing, but it's also not unexpected. We've seen plenty of uh, star prospects come up and struggle in their first full season uh, or or in their second season. So, 
it's not surprising a, a guy like Devers, who's only 21 years old, is, is struggling this year. You know, I, I think there are some encouraging things. Like, he's not striking out 30% of the time. His strikeout rate went up, but just minimally. Um, That's good. You know, he, he still hits the ball hard. Uh, you know, I mean, he's just, I think he's just got to get a little bit better judge of the strike zone. He swings outside of the zone uh, way too much. And I think that is, uh, really kind of what is going on here. He's just not being patient enough of a hitter. He showed more patience in the minor leagues. I worry about him long-term in a dynasty format because I think his future is at first base. Okay. And I think he loses value when he moves across the diamond. Sure, I would say that for Devers, you know, going third to first, but the bat is still sky high. Yeah. Uh, the upside. And he's, again, 21, not performing that well, and now hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've got a little bit of concern about a shoulder injury for sure, but I'm I'm going to go buy in Dynasty Leagues right now and, and, and try to milk any discount I can get. It's not going to be severe. You're not getting Raphael Devers uh, for free or anything silly like that. But the price is down from what it was a few months back. And I think that that's worth uh, investigating, particularly if you are in you know mid-pack or worse and you're not necessarily front and center this year and you might have an eye closer to 19. Devers is somebody I think I go and buy. Yeah, and I mean, it's uh, not like even... I mean, he's before this injury, he was on pace for like 25 home runs and like eight stolen bases. It's just know. a weak triple slash, but yeah. you were still getting some decent numbers. Of course, the counting categories on Boston for Devers, uh, you know, going to be pretty good too. Again, despite a very unappealing triple slash, he's on pace for uh, yeah, his full season would have been 77 runs, 88 ribbies. That's not bad when you're toting a 241, 292 uh, average OBP combo. Right. Like that kind of speaks to the team around him, the fact that he was still getting some production in there. So, um, again, don't expect to to just steal him from somebody, but you should go ahead and take a look. And I think you can you can you can wield the discount here and, and maybe get yourself a, a, a future superstar because, you know, prospect growth isn't linear. Uh, we're going to talk about somebody who's who's been all over that prospect map uh, in, in a few minutes here. Devers is somebody I'm buying right now in Dynasty. Uh, all right, let's talk about Avisal Garcia. This one's kind of a bummer, um, just as like any injury is. Hang on, well, MLB trade rumors. Oh, never mind. It's just uh, Chase Utley's going to retire at the end of the year. Just Thank anytime you God. see the MLB trade rumors pop up, you gotta you gotta check it at this point. We are in the trade zone, but uh, yeah, Utley's going to retire. We'll talk about him at another time. But Avisal Garcia had come off the DL and was absolutely on fire, Justin. In fact, uh, the power was really going off that was kind of the big deal there because he's batting average has kind of been his thing he was toting a big batting average last year with that gaudy uh babip and everyone's like oh you know is that gonna really last um and it hadn't to this point but he was hitting 282 but he popped eight homers in 17 games off the dl but he goes on back on the dl with the same hamstring that that he'd missed time with before uh so that's that's an issue for for garcia that said looking like he's going to come back uh, shortly after the break. So maybe it's another thing where maybe he would have taken two days off and, and then played through it if we're in a different part of the season. But with the break, the fact that they're terrible, why not just say, hey, Avi, go back on the DL real quick. We'll come get you in, you know, right after the break, and, and hopefully you can pick up where you left off. A little bit unnerving to, to have the injury like that, but uh, Avisal Garcia is somebody that uh, I think you stick with at this point because – He's been pretty good in this 35 games, despite a small sample. What did you think about him getting back on the DL with a hamstring? 
I, I uh, didn't like this similar thing like this happen to him last year where like right around the trade deadline he got hurt and the White Sox couldn't trade him. I feel like that happened last year. But he did. He did miss time last year. Let me check the game log to see when could, his chunk of time was. missed. I could be wrong. What I love about what he's done over this hot streak is he's hit eight home runs and he only has thirteen RBI. <laughs> it's like it's total Granderson esque. Crazy, yes. <laughs> Granderson with those so, you know, solo shots and and lower of the or mm-hmm. uh, you know bottom of the order home runs. Uh, yeah, sprained thumb on seven twenty six last year. Uh, really makes it difficult mm-hmm. to trade a guy because no one's trying to trade for somebody that you're going to have on the DL. Like, so I, I don't even can you trade injured guys? I think I, I'm pretty sure you can. I think but you I, can. I don't think. But I, like, especially I know in the NFL, I don't think you can. I could be wrong on that too. Well, but. especially in this scenario with um, trade deadline, you're competing. You're trying to get pieces. You're not going to say, "Hey, look at what we got, fans. We got." Another DL guy. So I mean, yeah, that was a bummer. Hopefully, teams, this is like release players that are injured all the time. So like, I can't imagine they wouldn't be allowed to trade them. Yeah, I feel like you can you can make moves with them. I, I think I'm just locked. It didn't in the like video Preller game. get in trouble for trading guys and not yeah, telling fact, people about his injuries. Yeah, he had his little uh, secret notes there, and that's why uh, uh, they could have had Luis Castillo. Imagine, and instead he's in Cincinnati torching my ERA every fifth day. Anyway, Avisal Garcia. Um, a, a tough one to figure out. I think the fantasy community uh, is not a big fan because it was so BABIP-driven last year. But I think you look at a guy like that and you, you peel back the BABIP from 392 to something more reasonable. He's a career 338, by the way. Um, and you don't need him to hit 330. I feel like 280 and, and something in the 20 home run, you know, 20s for home runs isn't too bad because that's what he would have hit what like 24 25 last year if you kind of uh project out the 136 games that that avisal garcia did play so i think he's pretty good i mean he he's allergic to walks he did take his first walk in the midst of his hop or he has two walks this year two walks justin so i understand the trepidation with him but i also think it's it's kind of built into the price nobody overpays for avisal garcia so do we have to double count it and then say this is also why I don't like him. No, no, you're you're getting that factored in. Otherwise, a guy with his batting average ability, I think, would have been drafted higher. So, how do you feel about him now? Would you be holding uh, in shallower leagues, ride it out with the DL, acquiring him? How how do you treat Avisal Garcia? Yeah, I'm holding for right now and and kind of uh, seeing what happens after the All Star break. I, I don't like to make major moves in terms of cutting or or adding people uh, during the All Star break. I think. We overreact to news because there's not as much going on, uh, and uh, we tend to get antsy and make poor decisions. So I usually – this is the time where I'm really kind of looking at trades uh, and trying to figure out if there are any last-minute trades that I want to do before my trade deadline, and I'm not as worried about that. I do love – um, uh, Avisale's uh, underlying metrics, though. They're comical. I mean, like, I was like, oh, man, he's got a huge O-swing. Oh, wait, he's always had a huge O-swing. He just, he, he just, he's just out there swinging, man. And right now it's working. 47% O-swing this season. That, that's, to give you an idea, some, you know, I think like mid-30s is, is when you're starting to have a bit of an issue. Mm-hmm. Let me check the league mark. I know 30s. Like I, yeah, I it's like 28, 29%. Or, well, That's, probably league is probably 26. Average is 31. Oh, wow. Well, we're in that kind of era. Exactly, where where it's just not 
as stigmatized to to be up there swinging and, and striking out. But he's, he's forty seven. Yeah. I mean, forty-seven percent for Amasal Garcia, but yeah, he does smack the ball, and we and we did see the big power surge. I think that's the interesting part for me. If the power, obviously, it's not real at that pace—eight homers every seventeen games—but if he can be a two-twenty ISO sort of guy, to where you know he's he's more of a thirty-homer pace type of player, I think that changes his outlook because then you're talking two eighties with uh, with a big upside to be over three hundred. With 30 homer power, so he's an interesting guy. I understand uh, he's super volatile because of his plate approach, though. So I understand the concerns about Avi. Again, bang into the price. Uh, let's move on and talk about uh, somebody who could be up soon. I'm going to ask you about that. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to be returning to action, and I'm wondering if you think he's going to get called up at some point. This the you know before September, let's say. Uh, you know, with with some time in in July or August to make an impact, or is it Ronald Acuna all over again, where we kept saying, "Oh, he could get called up because he's been so good," and then no, instead he just kind of had a really great season across four levels, and then went to the fall league. Is that what we're going to see out of uh, Vlad? He's just going to end up playing across a couple levels, hopefully beasts in AAA, and then we see him in the fall league. Or do you think he gets called up with with some tangible time to make an impact? I think he is going to be up in September. Okay. Uh, you guys may get to see him in the fall league, which it will probably happen because I'm not going again this year. And Because you're not going yeah. and because he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Those two factors certainly. No, it's, uh, it's mostly uh, because I'm not going. It's, and yeah, it's reverse. That's yeah, how I mean, the baseball the, gods go. And Yes. Um, you not going is the driving force behind yes, it. I'm sure it is. <laughs> uh, but I, I it, it, the organization as a whole has just – apparently made this decision that he's not going to be up uh, this year, or at least not until September. Uh, maybe they bring him up in September. It gives the fans a reason to come back to the park uh, and, and kind of sell out the stadium as they finish out the year. But I, I just don't think they have any interest in starting any sort of clock, uh, even though we're past the Super uh, 2 deadline uh, at exactly. this point. Well, they're they, terrible, so why yeah, would they? No, and I mean, and they, and they want to get Donaldson back and showcase him a little bit. Um, and, and hope to move him uh, because he's in the last year of his deal. So why are you going to do that if uh, um, if you're just going to bring up a prospect? You know, they want to bring him up to play. They don't want to have him sitting on the bench at all. So uh, yep. I think he I think it's it, I think it's very unlikely. And I've been wrong before. <laughs> I don't think anybody thought Soto was coming up. I didn't think Akuna would be up as quickly so- as he did. Dude, uh, Soto though, like that's insane. Oh, Phillies have reportedly increased their offer for Manny Machado. That's the that will be trade rumor notification I just got. That is interesting. Sorry, I'll let you finish on Vlad, and then I, I kind of no, actually pretty much do finished. Wanna... That's okay. Uh, that's an interesting fit because like, um. I mean, I guess, you know, he, well, uh, Crawford's out for a while, so. I think he would go into short because yeah. Michael Franco's showing some life. Um, Kingery can bounce around everywhere. And this just in, he's been terrible this year, so it's mm-hmm. not like he should be blocking anybody off. But I think you're still getting him reps out in, in the outfield at yeah, this point. Yeah, but then point, you get then. Trevor Plouffe off the roster. Kingery can become like a bench bat who can yep. play everywhere, give guys everywhere. days off. Um it's a, this it's a makes great them can like contenders right now. And I mean, not that they're not; they're they're in first place. They are in first place. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't Philly understand how like, they're in first now? place. Um, their pitching staff is so good, and the offense they has just been inconsistent. So, adding a piece like Manny Machado, uh, I, I can't wait until Gabe Kapler wins Manager of the Year. 
oh my when you God. consider how it went in the first mm-hmm. week with with everything that was going on um you know the bringing in the guy who wasn't ready Hobie Milner wasn't ready and he had to come in um you know the Nola one again that that one's not a thing for me I don't put that in a checkbox of like you messed up because he took him out he only threw like 70 pitches you know it was a it was a light workload they had a big lead but then they blew it and how many, you know, how six, often we talk about pitches. like managers who blow out their pitchers arms that you know yes. have injury pass or things like that and then you're gonna go and complain because they they pulled him early I mean it's just you know and it was he, opening day. and he, yeah. he saw an opportunity he's like hey you know we've got a we've got a five five oh lead I believe when he took him out actually he did no give up any of those runs he gave up one of those runs uh so it ended up being five two by the time that inning that Nolan started the sixth inning was done so you have a five two lead he's out Obviously, it's not an insurmountable lead, but it wasn't. It was a defensible move, and then the bullpen blew it. There were some gaffes that that weren't defensible for, but it was first year manager, and now he's been really good. And I think the way he's been running the bullpen has been sharp. Uh, Sucks Hector for Naris, owners, of course. And I think we're seeing more and more of those this year. Uh, committees that are actually being committees, and you know, sorry about it. It's like it's this one of those things. For saves. I'm I'm I am open to paying for saves. You know that. And I, I know. think that the, the the lockdown guys, the Kenleys, the Chapmans, the Kimbrels, Edwin Diaz. they're actually gonna go up in cost next year. Edwin Diaz. And you know, it's almost it's it's almost like this, but not quite because the the position I'm going to comp it to is is much more important in its its sport, but it is a running back sort of situation, right? Where the workhorses are so super valued because you know that they're gonna be the focal point of the offense and three down backs and whatnot. And then so many teams run, um, run platoons, so to speak, or, or committees as it were. So that is very interesting, but, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the Phillies, no trade news yet. I will say this, if there's a situation where we get like, you know, th- three to four trades in a, in a day that are, you know, two day span or whatever, that we're not necessarily close to recording. I think we would try to see if we could find some time to maybe jump on for a little 20 minutes for the deal. So keep that in mind as we're going through the uh, the trade season here. But I want to move on to a segment we did last week. Are they good? And uh, just talking about some guys that, that are performing well. These are four hitters. The first one actually doesn't qualify, but I did, couldn't fit him anywhere else. We know he's good. He's a good player. But I want to talk about Matt Carpenter, if only to actually kind of uh, self-roast because I was terrified. Um uh, because of the the, the shoulder, I, I you know we talked about it on this show. Jason talked about his experiences with this shoulder injury, acknowledging that he wasn't you know a professional um, athlete or anything like that. I don't like think that. he ever acknowledged that. He didn't. Actually, you're right. He said this is 100 percent comparable to my life. Matt Carpenter basically is me, mm-hmm. and thus he will be hurt all year. That's right. Mm-hmm. We blame this all on Jason, right? Yes. Since he's not here to defend himself. Exactly. Uh, but this podcast was not super friendly about carpenter right? like we weren't pro carpenter we saw saw the metrics and i was like i i get that i get the metrics that we're looking at to say that he's going to come back but i'm worried that this health is holding him back well if it was it isn't anymore because he's a, a, actually been amazing now if you kind of look this is completely arbitrary i'm i'm the cutoff because i'm using the last time he was sub 200 i don't know if that's when something changed but through May 23rd, he had a 199 average and 690 OPS. Um, and that was the last time he was below 200. Since then, in 191 plate appearances, 319 average, 1063 OPS. So the question isn't so much 
do you believe? Because I think the track record is there to suggest that we, of course, should. But he's now better carpenter is than last year. He's back into the 15-16 range. So do you buy it to that level? Do you think that we are back to peak Matt Carpenter? <laughs> That's a hard question, actually. Um, I'm here uh, asking the hard-hitting questions as I open this wide. I, I well, think ASD. we have to say we he is. I mean, everything he's doing has just been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, and and I'm just pulling up his uh, his stat cast numbers. Um, he is, I believe, it looks like top five in the league in X Woba, top five in the league in X slugging. He's uh, a fifty-one percent hard contact rate, dude. Yeah. Half the balls he's hitting are hard contact, and nine percent soft contact. He's got um, a top twenty barrel percentage. Um, the exit velocity's up. The launch angle is about the same, a little bit less than last year, actually. Um, and nothing egregious, unlike Babip, Homer to fly ball. It's a career high Homer to fly ball at seventeen percent, but it's been sixteen, thirteen, and twelve the last three years. Like that's not egregious. Three eleven Babip, career three twenty. Like there's nothing well, egregious. Se- I mean, about what yeah, seventeen percent is nothing. Like we're not talking about a guy who's got like a thirty-two no. percent Homer to fly ball rate, and it's like okay, or well, like this has got to come down. Like Ian Desmond has, like mm-hmm. a 15, uh, 50%. So, yeah, uh, the strikeout rate is a career high, 24%. But, again, nothing worrisome, 23, 19, and 20 the last three years. I wonder if the the cutoffs I used, I'm sure the strikeout rate is probably down during the surge. So he's been incredible, and I think I'm 180-ing it because he looks healthy now. Because my, my question wasn't skill. It was mm-hmm. health with Carpenter. Yeah, he couldn't and, throw across the diamond well. He That's why he I was looked, worried. He looked weird at, at bat. And all of a sudden, it just like it was like a switch went off. And um, uh, and I wasn't as down on him as, you know, Jason or you coming into the season. Correct. But I, like, I jumped off the bandwagon in season going, oh my god. And then god. you hurt your shoulder. That was yes. the weird thing. You jumped off the bandwagon and you got the same mm-hmm. shoulder injury as Carpenter. Now you're stuck rehabbing through it. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not hitting for this kind of power. So you're not! It, it's no, amazing you... what he's been able to do. Where do you have him in terms of first baseman rest of the way? It's going to be high. Let me take a look real quick at, at, at a little composite list to get a, a ballpark of where I've got him. I'm, I'm going to say off the top of my head, I'm thinking it's going to be top 10 rest of season. Uh, because he's been absolutely fantastic, Matt, right, Matt let Carpenter. Me, let, let me give you some would-you-rathers. Okay. Would you rather uh, him or Brandon Belt? I'm still going to – I'm going to lean Carpenter for the positional flexibility, and, and he's not in San Francisco. I'm sorry. I still worry about Belt being in San Francisco. Okay. Uh, him or Reese Hoskins? I'm going to take Reese. I buy I buy the power a mm-hmm. bit a little bit more, and he doesn't have the lingering potential shoulder issue. His teammate Jose Ramirez, Jose Martinez, you mean? Oh, sorry, Jose. yeah, definitely yeah. not Jose Ramirez. <laughs> Jose Ramirez, I'm gonna take uh, Jose Ramirez. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna take Carpenter. Jose Martinez has me vexed. I, I can't quite figure him. He seems to be uh, what is it called an EKG? You know, with the up and down lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like I can't, you know, the bottom line looks great still for Jose Martinez. There's no shade on the bottom line. So us Roto folks, we love it. But I feel like he's had some volatility and maybe it's anecdotal, but I feel like he's had some ups ups and downs. <laughs> his de- uh, defense is a down. Oh my God, his defense is the downiest down. It's like so bad. Um, 
but yeah, I'm going to go with with Matt Carpenter. Yeah, and uh, uh, Martinez's defense looked like my defense at first base last night. It was, it was pr- pretty pretty awful. You go yard though. You you've been raking. Uh, well, I had been ranking, and then last week I went 0 for 3 with a strikeout. I struck out in a slow pitch softball game. I oh love that God. you're uh, man enough to admit it, though. And yeah, say, listen, no. you know what? I'm going to come here, take my L. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's Carpenter. We know he's good. Just Wait, one, one, one to... more, one more, because oh, yeah. this is one of the guys that like I, I don't even know what to do with Jesus Aguilar. Like, Oh, you mean uh, you don't know? That you should give him his MVP award? Yeah, I mean, it's, it feels like... like I wonder if this is actually Jesus, Hagular, because I yes. mean, he's, he's Stop been... Stop calling him Jesus. It's just Jesus. He's back. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry to any religious folks there just being I'm silly. I'm Catholic. I'm but, okay. Uh, same, actually. Um, I'm going to go Aguilar because, yes, there will be some, some pullback on, on what he's been doing here because he's been absolutely ridiculous. But I don't think it's a, a cratering. I, I believe in a lot of what he's doing. I think there's a lot of stability. I think the power in, is completely the profile. Legit. Yeah. So I'm going to go Aguilar over Carpenter. Um, you know, and then the, the standards. I know you didn't bring them up, but like obviously, like Freeman, Goldie. Yeah. Um, you know, I still think I'm going to go Votto. I know he hasn't. What about been Max Muncy, another guy with multi? That's a really interesting one too, because it's I Carpenter think, for me. But like, I can see the argument the other direction. Isn't Muncy just doing his best Carpenter impersonation? Like well, right down to the fact that he's not a huge batting average like, guy, but it's, it's great spot OBP. On. <laughs> yeah, and so that's great, but I'm still going to trust the original a little bit more. So I am going to go Carpenter there, but that's not an anti-Muncy stance. I want to be clear on that. So Matt Carpenter, that's my mea culpa. I, I got that one wrong. I, I worried too much about the, the, the injury. And generally, you know, the mantra I like to say is, when the skills are in place and health is the question, I'll bet on the skills. But the health was in question right now. We weren't coming in clean slate saying, well, he's gotten hurt in the past. You know, like a James Paxton. He gets hurt every year, but he came into the season healthy. There was no reason to expect that he would get hurt other than the track record of of, of injuries that, that happens. But that's not bankable. Jeff's, Jeff Zimmerman's uh, studies have shown that unless it's – related injuries that's not a bankable reason to to fade a guy so carpenter had the injuries coming into the season though so that's where it's different there in case anyone was going to say well don't you say get guys that have skills and and don't worry about the health so that's the distinction there we're on the carpenter train again though now let's get into the guys that we're really asking are they good jerks and profar he is out here being living proof of the the prospect growth isn't linear uh, you know, mantra, so to speak. But it's it, uh, let's not go wild over it. But nine homers, eight stolen bases, uh, 248, 330, 440 triple slash. He's shown some pop. Uh, he qualifies at outfield, third base, and shortstop, uh, I think, in a lot of leagues. I don't know if it's all of them. ESPN was where I was looking. His last 50 games, though, is when he's really taken off. So that's bottom line might not impress you as much. But in the last 50 games, 264, 339, 477 slash with seven homers, seven stolen bases, and 218 plate appearances for Profar. So is he good now? Are we are we believing this? Mm, I mean, I think he's good. Okay. I mean, that's that's something, though, from where he was. Yeah, this- I don't think he's this good. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily buy the, the power surge right now. But I mean, this is a guy with prospect pedigree and what he's doing is 
making really good contact, uh, especially within the zone, at almost 90% uh, zone contact rate. He's not, uh, you know, swinging outside the zone uh, nearly as much. He, he's kind of cleaned that up. He's he's approaching, uh, he's approaching it bats properly. He's making good contact. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely buy that this is kind of a little bit of what we expected from Profar coming up. Um, and that maybe we just, uh, you know, had to wait because of injuries and uh, other other aspects. So I'm I'm really encouraged by Jerks and Profar uh, going forward, especially See, because they're giving. I don't know that. I, I actually, you know what? I think he is. I think he has to be right now because of the surge. Um, I, I I think because. Listen, if it falls back, it was you know it's a waiver pickup type of thing. It's mm-hmm. not like the price is, is too high if it does kind of come back to to earth after this fifty game run for Jerks and Profar. But the position qualifications and all that, yeah, I, 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 I absolutely believe. He's yes. like the he's like a really nice guy to have on your bench. He's already got uh, third and shortstop eligibility. He's three games away from uh, second base eligibility. Uh, he's going to be a nice little uh, kind of all over the diamond kind of guy that can fill in for you in daily uh, leagues uh, on days off and things like that. So I think and it is, yeah. If you look at his composite numbers for the season, uh, he skewed heavily towards lefties, 882 OPS versus 727 against righties. But during this run, uh, it's been damage against righties. So I like seeing that that he's getting against the uh, the the stronger side there where you're going to see a lot more plate appearances and pitchers in that 50 game run I mentioned 853 OPS against righties down to 720 he's almost flipped it but I'll take that because 3x as many plate appearances against lefties or against righties as lefties so give me that with Profar so I do think he's an all formats guy right now um that it is one of those where you kind of have your finger over the over the drop button in a 10 or 12 team league if it really falls off. But for now, I think Jerickson Profar is good. As long and as you he's getting everyday playing time. That's bingo. I mean, the thing for him to watch is now that Elvis Andrews is back, they, you know, they still have Rugnetador playing second. Is he going to get at bats on an everyday level? Because if that is, if that begins to fall off, I, I don't care how much talent the kid has. It's just not worth it to be able to roster him. Well, at that point, though, I think maybe they got to make moves to open something up for him then because... What are they going to move, though? I don't think Beltre will give up the veto. Um, I think I he do think he kind of likes Texas. Yeah, I think he likes being there. Well, Ronald Guzman does not have to start every day. He's been fine. Sure. But yeah. not over what Profar is doing. I think you start you start him at first there. Um I don't know. You know what? It's not my problem to figure out. I'm not. I'm not the manager. Okay, Justin. No, uh, I I get it because in you know choose having a nice little renaissance year, but that's not an easy contract to move. Uh, he's due 42 mil the next two years. So yeah. that that part's fair. So keep an eye on that for Profar. Let's move on to the next guy, Jose Peraza. Is he good? No. Moving on to the next guy, Stephen. Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll give it some time. I don't like Jose Peraza because I don't think he's very good at baseball. But you know what? He's been good lately, so I want to revisit. And he's a steel source, mm-hmm. which means you, you merit some attention. Whether whether Paul Spore thinks you're good at baseball or not uh, is 
inconsequential to the fact that if you're stealing bases like his teammate, you know, has, has made a living off of being very awful at baseball except the ability to steal bases. But let's give uh, – let's well, give well, 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 He's awful at hitting. He's not awful at baseball. Billy Hamilton is a gold glove center fielder. He's an elite defender. Okay. He's bad at hitting. The main <laughs> thrust of his job. But you know what? The speed and it's, defense – It's half of his job. Shut up. Let me be stupid. Okay, let me make a baseless point and just do not. No, I'm kidding. That's you're hey, right. No, no, I'll let you because you let me do it all the time too. <laughs> uh, but let's uh, let's give Peraza some. Hope. And I haven't researched this, so it's another arbitrary endpoint. I don't know what changed here where he started to get good, but he put up a little run of uh, four straight multi-hit games. Um, and, and that, that's where I'm using his run. So from May 27th on last 38 games, arbitrary AF, but 320, 377, 456, even popped three homers in that run, nine stolen bases full season. You're looking at 1339 between the homers and, and steel. So that's, that's the kind of pace that he's been playing at for 38 games. Can he continue though? Because the hitting I don't need any of the pop. In fact, zero homers wouldn't even bother me if I'm a Peraza person because uh, I'm getting the speed with this batting average. But can he maintain a, a strong batting average? Maybe not 320, but can he maintain that with with speed? Jose Peraza, what do you think? Oh, this is difficult. Um, I mean, you look at the underlying metrics during this stretch, and they're kind of insane. 95% in zone contact rate. Whoa. Uh, I mean, he's just anything thrown in the zone, he's hitting. He's got it. Don't yeah. come at me with that trash. I'm Jose Peraza. I'm an elite mm-hmm. player. Hello. Uh, he's got an 86%, 86.4% contact rate overall. Uh, he's not swinging uh, too much outside the zone. It's below league average. Uh, swinging strike rate is down under 6% uh, during this. Uh, even his O contact rate is absur- a little absurdly high. I mean, it's 72.5% outside the zone contact. Wow. Um, I mean, he is just – he's, he's locked just seeing in. the ball. Yeah, yeah. he's just uh, – and this is not something that we're necessarily used to from uh, Jose from Peraza. Peraza. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe this is legit. I mean it, – it, it, It's verse righties and lefties, by the way. I'm going to keep going, by the way, and give, give him a few more stats. During this run, 11% strikeout, 8% walk, 310 versus lefty, 324 against righty. I mean, there's a lot adding up here. He is just 24 – I too don't really believe it, but you ride the hot streak. Been a great run. It's a hot streak. Yeah, you ride it out. I just traded him in in that same dynasty league. Uh, I was talking uh, about earlier, or maybe we were talking about off, uh, before he before got on. Um, I just traded him in another deal, so um, I, you know, kind of capitalize on the hot streak. I think that rest of the season you're riding this out in dynasty and keeper leagues. I think I'm seeing if someone is buying back in on Jose Peraza and I can maybe get uh, something for the future or okay. even something, you know, to turn around next year. So uh, I, like I, I, yeah, I just don't. I think Jose Peraza long term is a utility player. And, I, I, I'm with you. Like and with, said, with the just... guys in that in that system that are going to be up here in the next year or two, you know, uh, Senzel and um, weren't they the ones who drafted India? Yes, and he's so. he's going to be a quick riser, I think. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, so. I agree with it, with that on on Peraza. I don't chase these speed only guys, but they do have fantasy value, especially when they're playing at their best, which Peraza is. That being said, like if you like, and I definitely did got got him late in some drafts. Like if you if you went after him and and hung on through kind of the early season 
uh, struggle, uh, you are getting paid right now because no doubt he's pretty much already uh, done what he did last year. He's just six steals away. He's already equaled uh, in home runs, uh, runs. Uh, gonna pass in RBIs, better batting average. I mean, this fifteen was, point this, better batting average. Yeah, yeah this is uh, this is a win already. That's true. So if you did ride it out with Peraza, or if you, you scrap heaped him and got him, uh, you know, right before the run or or right after it started, then you're you're totally in the money with Peraza. So, okay, uh, let's move on to Stephen Piscotti. Uh, yeah, obviously he had a fantastic 2016 season, or, or 15 when he came up, had a nice little sample, 63 games, followed it up with a nice 2016 season. Obviously last year was a disaster. He was dealing with off-the-field issues. His mom, I believe, was dealing with Alzheimer's. She unfortunately passed, ALS, uh, she unfortunately passed earlier this year, and you know that was very trying. Big ups to the Cardinals. that They made the trade to Oakland to help get him out there with his family. Um, you know, that's that's a cool thing to 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 do in an awful situation and say listen you know we're going to focus on getting a trade out here so that obviously we're going to get assets or whatever they're still doing a baseball thing but they're trying to add some human element to it and um i wonder if you know no one could possibly blame him if his head's not in baseball last year right i don't think anyone would be like come on man shake it off or even parts of this year but it looks like maybe the last two months, I don't know if he's starting to feel like himself a little bit or, or you know. Well, since, since, his, whatever. Mother, since his mother passed away, he hit a home run first night back. Um, and since then, uh, he's hitting 266, 330, 495, nine home runs uh, since May 8th. Okay. Um, so that's. I think I this mean, is a little bit of, you know, because you got to think, I mean, this is a guy who wasn't like just going home after home games. No, he this, was this probably was guy, not sleeping. He's yeah, going to the hospital. He's going to the hospital. Or, or, he's being with his mom, um, you know, and he just he was obviously affected by it, uh, you know. And I think maybe that now he can start focusing on baseball. And you mm-hmm. know, obviously, you, you want to allow for grieving time. We've seen it with other people uh, who either needed changes of scenery or just time in order to kind of uh, personal issues, kind of. Uh, you know, alleviate and they move on. This is a, this is a difficult thing to, you know, talk about. Yes, because you're not trying to say something nasty. First off, because the fantasy aspect and the baseball aspect does not matter. Yeah. Um, But we are talking about it in this context and we're saying, you know, maybe it is something where, again, not that he's over it. We're not trying to be callous, but that he's, he's getting his, his life back into the normal mode that it was for him, uh, for Piscotti and, and, uh, that's awesome for him. You know, I, you like to see that. Gene Segura dealt with that horrific tragedy. His child drowned at uh, three years old. And maybe you talk about the change of scenery, maybe just getting to Arizona. Yeah, just well, getting away just, from just Milwaukee to, and yeah. a place that had all these memories, uh, you know. And maybe for Stephen Piscotti, it's a matter of, you know, he got to be with his mom in her final days and. Um, and help he's still her with his that. family. Yeah, and he's still with his family, and you know it's uh, it's his home. He he grew up in Palo Alto, which is you know thirty minutes or so from from Oakland, uh, you know in the Bay Area. So uh, this is a, a comfortable environment for him, and at least he's being emotionally supported. And the production so, on the field has been great since then. Yeah, and how do you feel about Piscotti the rest of the season? Because I, I loved Piscotti, you know. Terbiano mm-hmm. Piscotti on this very show. I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy, Eno. Never heard uh, of 
he's not in the industry anymore. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, he tried it. it. It didn't really work. We had to fire him. Um, <laughs> but he did have that one hit, that one time where he actually was on a player. And I said, fine, I'll give him, you know, give him one and I'll just try to hype this guy up a little bit and uh it worked but <laughs> i can't even keep a straight face with that i love you we miss so you much. Ito. we do miss you buddy uh but no piscotti he saw that uh you know he talked with piscotti a lot they have their stanford connection he talked about how he's really trying to unlock his power and he has at the major league level and now that power is back to where it was in 15 16 so i believe this i would say Completely. piscotti is an all formats play as well um three outfielders you're probably kind of, you know, you can maybe reserve an on-roster streamer where you're reserving him maybe with somebody else based on matchups or whatever. But anything with five outfielders, Piscotti for me is a must-start because I, I I buy this. And he was a 22-85, seven-steal, uh, 273 guy back in 16. And I, I believe he's a, a, a true, you know, real solid guy. He doesn't wow you in any one category, but he gets the job done across the board. And that Oakland offense is solid. Mm-hmm. So I think the counting categories are going to be nice around Piscotti as well. Yeah, and I, I you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, but the walk rate has gone up a little bit in this stretch. And, uh, you know, like you said, the power has been unlocked. So uh, I think there's a lot of reasons to be encouraged. And this is uh, a guy that's still fairly widely available. Absolutely. So go ahead and take a look, see if you can get Steven Piscotti. All right, uh, Justin. Let's finish up talking about some some innings limit guys here. I did I did a, a, a piece called the 2018 innings limit report. You can find it actually in the sidebar, the innings limit tracker. Um, and I just basically real rudimentary just took their last year innings, MLB and minors and playoffs, and added 25 percent to it. It's just a very rough idea to get, get an idea of where they're at right not every team subscribes to that there are different rules for different guys it's just to get a picture of where we might be looking and who might be in danger so i want to talk about a few of the danger guys who based on that model uh hardly have any innings left and thus we are probably concerning for um for what they could do the rest of this year i love the negative values you like that? Where yeah. they've already exceeded, like they have. <laughs> no, Syndergaard negative 23. Yes, minus 20. You owe 23 innings. Yes, he needed. Frankie 20. Montas needs to turn in his last seven innings. You got to give them back. I'm sorry, man. Come on, Montas. You can't take those with you. So, yeah, some guys are already in the red. Obviously, Syndergaard, Sanchez, they were big. Aaron Sanchez, big injuries last year. Uh, Montas was too, actually, uh, but most of it in the minors. So, you know, those ones are tough to read, but. Those are part of the danger zone, guys. Freddie Peralta is probably the one right now that's really standing out to me of like you have the whole he's on a good team, so they're going to want to maybe push him a little bit more than than this. That rotation is so awful that they kind of have to. That's the thing. So it's really tough. And really, like, I mean, other than uh, Carlos Rodon on this list that we're going to talk about, I think all of these guys – like the teams have to kind of push them a little bit. Well, it's two Dodgers that are going to come up mm-hmm. after Rodon. So, and you got the Brewers fully in contention. They might need a starter to because he just. I don't know that you can push him all the way to the finish line. Um, he had 59 innings in the minors. Uh, he had a total. Uh, Freddie Peralta did of 120 innings last year. So again, with the plus 25 percent, that's 150. You could probably push that to 170, right? I think that's still aggressive, but. That's fair, but then you're still only talking about uh, – at the time I wrote this, that would have been 78 innings left. He's thrown a few since then, 
and now he's in the minors to uh, be held over for the for the break. It's it's not a real demotion or anything. In fact, it, it it's to the team in Wisconsin just to keep him close. I think it's like the high A team. So that's just low, a park. Yeah, low A Wisconsin. Low A. Uh, that's just to park Freddie Peralta. But what do you think about him the rest of the way with this with this impending uh, innings? You know, I, I don't want to say it's a limit. They haven't said anything, but. You have to be worried. So are you trying to trade Freddie Peralta to get out from under this potential hassle? I think I would, one, because I don't believe that he can continue what he's continue doing what he's doing. Though it has you don't been believe a four point three hits per nine? Okay. I guess you don't believe in super startup. No, I'm just kidding. That's obviously <laughs> insane, dude. He's allowed to say he Um I just yeah, I I don't know how he does what he does. I mean, I do, but um, because I've watched him a bunch trying to figure him out. Yeah, that's the thing. You've got to watch it because you're going to be totally impressed with Freddie Peralta because you're going to see the numbers. It's the, you know, he's he's 80% fastball. Uh, it's only a 91, 93 mile per hour fastball, but he's got great extension, uh, which which makes that pitch play up. And he does different things with the fastball. It's not just pumping straight. He, hide, he hides things. the ball really, really well. Great deception. Um, and it's yeah. worked. It's 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 a really fun guy to actually watch, and as much as I was kind of down on him when he first came up, uh, I kind of hope it works. Like yeah. this is one of those ones that I, I won't be mad if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, that being is. said, I'm I'm <laughs> trying to move him. I picked him up in uh, TGFBI, uh, and I probably should have tried to move him before we recorded this episode. But because now people will be like, nah. Yeah, I don't no, think so. no one's no, no one's gonna offer me very much for him. Uh, but I will probably uh, hope that people have either not listened to this episode uh, or uh, will have forgotten about it in a couple weeks, and I will uh, probably try to move him after the All Star break. Um, you know, it's a little unfortunate that they sent him down to uh, low A just to kind of keep him on some sort of schedule during the All Star break because. Uh, that may scare some people who don't really sure. understand what's and that going don't want to trade for him. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and this happens every year with guys. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kevin Gossman's been sent down like eight years in a row uh, with I this wish. thing, <laughs> and people get scared. No, like especially one like that to mm-hmm. to low A, like that that is just parking him at a nearby area in Wisconsin uh, as well. And so Freddie Peralta right fine now is Junior Guerra. I mean, they they need this guy to pitch so. They do. Would it surprise me if I, I don't? I really don't know what's going to happen. This is this He's is so kinda, tough to figure. Um, I, you know, you almost wonder if maybe they move to a six-man rotation. They could also get somebody, right? They're talking big. They they, they need Stern, to, but like, who are they going to go get? The Grom. David Stearns came out and suggested that if they were going to do something, it's not going to be around the fringes. It's high impact. Now, he, obviously, he's not giving away his hand on anything specific I think the Mets on that. Want too much. I, I think they have enough to offer, and maybe it's I worth. They totally considering. do. Um, it, 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 it's interesting because I don't know. You know, are they going to get Hap? That would be fine. It would not be a bad move to get something like that. That's obviously not as Hap's been bad you know, lately, though. He has, he has struggled, but I think he'd be fine for them. I, I don't think he'd be a, a bad get, especially if he's healthy. So they got to figure out something with Peralta. And, and frankly, if you have him on your fantasy team, so do you because you can't get to the finish line. I just don't see it. And if they push him too far, then I'm, then I'm out for next year just because of, of such a big increase. There's a certain threshold of an increase where I'm like, that's too much. I don't want to know. You know. I don't want to see how that's going to 
play out the the following year. But let's uh, let's move on to the next guy here, Carlos Rodon. Obviously, eternally injured, uh, but he's on a bad team as well. So they could have incentive to just kind of finagle it, skip him here, skip him there. Twelve days between a start here, you know that sort of stuff. Um, he has a good ERA again. He's always got ERAs that that belie his his uh, s- skills, and this year is no different. A 501 FIP, 356 ERA. Carlos Rodon's strikeouts are way down. That's the concerning part. What do you think about him and a potential innings limit? Because uh, he only threw a, a really beautiful 69 innings in the majors and 17 in the minors last year. So he had 86 total. I'm only showing him with, uh, you know, 40, 50 left in, in the tank if you're following the plus 25%. Now, they might push him a little bit more than that because he had a 165 in the will. majors. But how much further exactly? So what I, do you think uh, about Rodon? I don't know that they will uh, push him. Uh, Rodon needs a, he needs a change of scenery. Get him out of Chicago uh, in I'm that stadium you. because, um, you know, the amount he puts, the uh, especially this year, has been putting the ball in or letting the ball get into the air has been a problem. And, I mean, really the main issue for him this year is the strikeouts are down and, and the home runs are, you know, Carlos Rodon-esque. Bad combo. Uh, you know, and so – I like him long term. Uh, I'm not super worried about the strikeouts being down because, if I remember correctly, I think his velocity is actually, and it is his velocity is right in right in line, just a little bit up. Um, I think that he is going to be completely fine long term. Uh, I, you know, Doug Thorburn did a mechanical breakdown of him. I want to say before the start of the season this year. Um, and he, or maybe it was last year. I think it was last year. Um, and he loved his mechanics. That's good. Um, and so that, ha- that is one of the things that's brought me on board with him. Uh, I think, uh, I think this is kind of a buy low guy for net. If, okay. you're, if you're looking for long term this year, there's no reason for the white Sox uh, in a, in a lost season, uh, in a rebuilding season for them to push him. So, I would be surprised if he got more than 50 innings the rest of the way. Yeah, I think that's fair with Carlos Rodon. By the way, we mentioned the strikeouts are down. 13 in his last two starts, though, which is 13 in the third innings at Houston against St. Louis. So that's nice. And only two uh, walks in that St. Louis game where he which pitched is, which seven, is and, huge. seven to third. He was brilliant. Three hits in, in seven to third. Um, so, yeah, you spot him the rest of the way. You know, use the innings that are there, but in a redraft league, then you, you, you probably just cut him because you're not really going to – I don't think you're going to be able to trade. No. To you get just, anything, no one's you falling. Just, you ride them out, you know. Yep. I'm, I'm sure the White Sox after the break will start making announcements of, you know, guys that, uh, you know, may potentially be coming up, guys that exactly. are gonna, you know, are gonna get shut down early. So we should hopefully have some idea, but more than likely uh, there'll be a September call up. Maybe Kopech comes up and oh replaces him. Kyle's here. Can you hear it? Yes, I missed you, Kyle. Uh, we moved to Fridays just so we wouldn't be able to talk to you, but welcome back, buddy. Oh, my God. Has a great outing last night and then still makes it here to the landscape. You know, I almost re- I almost respect the hard work if I didn't hate him so mm-hmm. dang much. All right, let's move on. Let's finish up here with the two Dodgers, Walker Buehler or Ross Stripling. I didn't put Ross Stripling on the list, by the way, because I was doing a 25 and under, which is uh, regarded as the injury okay. nexus. I, I was wondering uh, why like yeah. uh, Andrew Heaney wasn't on the list either. Yeah, and he's like 27. So I did miss some guys 
by by using the 25 and under. Um, and, and there are one-offs that, that are worth mentioning. I think Stripling is at least worth mentioning. And then you got Bueller as well. Bueller, there's no way. There's just no way he's going to make it to the finish line as a full-time starter. I think you got to milk any of the innings that you get, but he could have some stints in the bullpen. Um, and if they want him to be a, a, an October piece, even in the bullpen, they're going to have to curate that those innings and, and, and probably limit him a little bit. I think they'll go beyond the 25%, but not too much. And Kyle agrees. That's why he's coming closer <laughs> to me right now. So what do you what do you think here on uh, Bueller first? Then we'll get into Stripling because I think he's actually a bigger case. I think the the Bueller one's pretty cut and dried personally. There's one team that is better uh, at utilizing the 10 day DL than any <laughs> other team any other. <laughs> in Major League Baseball. And I wrote a piece for the Hardball Times at the beginning of the season, kind of uh, you know talking about the the move from the 15 day to 10 day DL uh, last year and, and kind of what effects it really had. And it really just glaringly show how the Dodgers more than any other franchise just abuse this. Um, And I think that they are going to get creative now that they've got six healthy starters. Um, You're going to see some phantom uh, DL stints. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you're going to see some guys get skipped a couple times. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, eventually uh, Bueller ends up in the bullpen. Uh, but I think he can be pretty effective out of the bullpen too. So, uh, you know, maybe Josh Hader esque. Um, that yeah, that's the thing. He could still be effective to where maybe not every mixed league, but in a lot of leagues, you still want Bueller to get those innings uh, on your team. He's supposed to return today, by the way, from the uh, from the rib cage injury. So we'll see if he starts against the Angels as scheduled, and uh, and, and kind of go from there. But I could see get him getting an extended break, Bueller, where he doesn't start until. You know, not even the first rotation of the off the uh, off the break, but the second rotation and at the back end of that. The, you the know, problem something with like, the Dodgers is that every single pitcher on this team has injury issues, gets hurt all uh, the time, you know, or workload issues, and they're gonna want to give these guys breaks down the yep. stretch, especially yep. if they continue to compete in the division. Um, or if they start to run away with the division. So, yep. you know, they, they've just taken the lead back from Arizona. Uh, but, I mean, they still <laughs> – we are uh, – what, what is today? The thir- July 13th, and this division has four teams above 500, uh, <laughs> and the Giants and the, the Rockies are each three games back from the Dodgers at this like, at this point in the season. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, it, it's, it's the such whole a tough NL. Division. It's the whole yes, NL. It really is. The East is the same way. You got three teams competing there. The the Central is the same way. You got three. Um, well, in teams the AL, it's there. done. By the way, the yeah, only thing the, that's uh, in question is can can Oakland overtake Seattle? There's not really a plausible contender outside mm-hmm. of that. The Angels hemorrhage a big piece every day to the DL. They're done. Gosh. And then the Rays would have to get extremely hot to do it. And it's it, Poor Mike it's Trout. it could happen, but it's not likely to happen with the race and yeah it sucks about about the angels because they were set up i thought to really even push maybe the astros for the division to be quite honest I, and now they're not even going to sniff a, a, a wild card I, I know a lot of people like got really mad at me when uh when garrett richards hurt himself last year i think what was it last year whenever it was it's every year yeah when you talk- but when, when he went into the prp injections and i made a joke and my wrote a write-up about it being snake oil Oh, yeah, that was last year, by the way, that he did that. Yeah, no, no, no. Everybody got really upset at me, and it's like, you just don't know, like, 
how this stuff works. There, it hasn't been around long enough to to definitively know if this stuff is going to actually work long term, or it if it's a short term fix. Or yep. yeah, I mean, it's just, um, and it's just, uh, it's sad because I, I've loved Garrett Richards a long time, uh, and he is now hurt again. Probably will miss most of next year at this point. Yeah. By the way, he's getting TJ. I didn't mention it mostly out of uh, being distressed because I love Garrett Richards and it totally flopped. So mm-hmm. I'm probably done. Well, I don't know. There's probably a price where I'm still no. Dropped. That's the thing. That's, like I'll totally buy in because now it's now the price is going to crater. So I'm like, well, and the Ooh. problem is I have him in all my dynasty leagues. Like so, it's oh. like and there's nothing I can do. You're riding it out. No, you're not trading. You're yeah. just riding it out and see if he comes back. So we'll see. But okay, Bueller or uh, pardon me, Stripling. 28 years old, so he's out of, again, the, the so-called injury nexus where, where they're in the most potential danger. But he threw 77 innings last year, 74 out of the bullpen, a couple swing starts, and then uh, three probably on a minor league rehab, or maybe that's where he started the season. The season before that, 120, um, and then 71 and 15, and then I guess he was hurt in 14 because, he yeah, 71 and 15 and none in 14, that sounds like TJ. Bottom line is, he doesn't have an innings workload to say, hey, he's going to go all the way here. But he's also 28 years old, and I don't know that they have to super protect him. I can see a couple skipped starts, but I don't really see like a major shutdown coming. First off, he's simply been too good. You can't take Ross Stripling out. Uh, I mean, I know they took him out of a no-hitter. I think that was like his first start ever. Um, so, yes, it was against the Giants in San Francisco. And... Uh, you know, so that there is that aspect of like, you know, the Dodgers aren't afraid to make moves like that. But I can't see I don't think they have the luxury, by the way, right? You just covered how tough the division is. They can't sit Ross Stripling for very long. So are you worried about his innings in the second half if you have him on your team? Because he's been a huge part for your club no matter what. I'm not really either, and that's part of why I didn't include him even when somebody mentioned him in the comments, because I just don't think that they're going to first off, he's not going to get 200 innings anyway he started the season in the bullpen so it's not like he's pushing for some like 250 inning workload um if you if you just kind of pace it out well and it's it'd be kind of wonky though since you do have the maybe the he gets skipped start. at some point or but yeah uh, or there's a phantom dl stint you know i think a couple skips is, is really all you have to maybe worry about and maybe not even that and they've got a decent uh, bullpen already and they're talking about adding to it um yeah. and so maybe maybe one of the ways they're going to uh try to address this is by just lengthening or being able to shorten outings here's the guys thing. and they're already they've done it a little bit already with some guys they're already managing him, and they're managing him the right way. I use innings limits because that's what's the norm, and that's what is used. It really should be pitch limits anyway if you want to limit a guy because the innings don't matter. If you can be efficient, your innings shouldn't matter at all. They're already limiting him. He's thrown over 100 pitches once. Oh, wow. He's thrown over 95. That just outlines runs. how good he's been. Exactly, because he goes six every dang time and pitches well, and he does it on 90 pitches. 90, 90, 92, 86, 84, 89. That's just his last six outings. Uh, you know, Just pulled that 280 ERA and 35 and a third. So he's been so amazing that I don't think there's going to be any limits. I would not be worried. If somebody is and they're trying to trade him you know, for something lower than what Stripling should cost, mm-hmm. I'm buying. Yep. I'm absolutely buying him. And I just, so. I just bought him in TGFBI a few weeks ago. So There you go. 
and so we're, we're try- you're trying to uh, turn around an awful season there because uh, we have not it's, represented the TGFBI well on this podcast. It's not going well. Um, I, I haven't even checked where I'm at in the standings. Um, I'll have to, yeah, because it, it, it's it's not it's not going well because I still have Luis Castillo, um, and uh, yeah, it's frustrating because right? yeah, because when you watch him, you just see somebody that's different than this. Like, because you see the talent. But anyway, I don't want to get caught up on that. I actually have to get going. So let's go ahead and wrap up. Justin, it was great talking with you. Um, getting some baseball in there for, before the weekend. Are you doing anything for the All Star break? Uh, I'm like, just going to relax work, a little bit. Like, you don't bit. have to do the write up. Like, yeah. What are you going to write I, up? I usually write up. Um, uh, or last year I wrote up fake bold project, uh, predictions for uh, I, I love the it. Uh, home run derby. I love it. Um, that's like super, great. super specific ones that okay. were just ridiculous. No, that's perfect. So, By the way, I did a pool and I got Freeman with the seventh pick. Oh, that that feels like we a just really good one spot. Guy. I I thought so too. Um, are you going to participate in our all our All Star break uh, plan for for Fangraphs or for Rotographs where we're doing the all teams like the All Star mm. team just based on value, the all bargains, the all sell high. Um, I put that in the Slack if you want to claim one of them or, uh, or make take a look own. yeah i maybe can come up with something maybe i'll do something a little bit off the wall you could just put that in place of a of a roto write-up so uh, and are you gonna watch the uh uh futures game uh that's probably all i'll watch i i don't really care about the all-star game i don't yeah, really I, care about um the home run derby for the most part I, though i did enjoy it a lot last year i, I watched it it's been great with the uh, mm-hmm. time the, yeah, the I really thought I was going to hate back. the new setup, um, but I actually really enjoy it. Uh, and Same. so I'll probably watch that. I'll probably watch. I definitely will watch a futures game because it's just uh, it's, it's great. It's really getting you know those people who watch minor league games, and I watch a little bit um, uh, of, uh, of of minor league ball through the uh, MILB app. Um, mm-hmm. But the video is so bad a lot of the time, oh, especially. And that's why I don't really watch it. Yeah. I'm just like, and uh. so this is like a real great opportunity to see guys, um, you know, with crystal clear kind of vision and kind of see what they look like uh, at, at you know, on the biggest stage. So High def and stat cast. So yeah, I'll be watching I, that. I, I, wish they, I wish Major League Baseball did a better job of promoting it. Agreed. It's just parked on Sunday evening. I'm going to do my normal thing, take all my notes on everybody I see, and then do a solo pod kind of running it down. Um, and then I'm sure we'll talk a bit about it on, on next week's show as well. So I'm going to go ahead and let you go. And uh, we're going to have we're gonna have hopefully a great weekend of, of wrapping it up into the break. Maybe take some time away from baseball. I'd recommend to everybody. I love baseball as much as the next guy. I got some movies lined up that I'm going to finally catch up on and just – enjoy the break a little bit i'm still gonna be streaming mlb the show writing but i am gonna try to get away from it in the evenings that we actually don't have baseball i'm gonna try to do some non-baseball stuff for the first time in <laughs> far too long so Vote for us right, for the podcast awards and yes. uh you know kyle needs a championship and uh he's been an <sighs> integral part of the show and uh, oh, he's man. not gonna get it in minnesota so why not That's true. just uh get him a podcast award And he stopped immediately as we wrapped up. All right. Anyway, Justin, I'll talk to you later. Have a good one.
Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.